I'll never forget that Sunday school lesson. I was with a group of four middle schoolers, three of them boys. They were just old enough that they thought they knew more than I did, and just cool enough to act really bored in Sunday school. That particular Sunday, we were in the middle of Advent, and the canned Sunday school lesson from our regular curriculum seemed a little silly to me. I knew it would never fly with these super cool middle schoolers. So I handed each of them a Bible, assigned each of them a gospel, and told them to find the Christmas story in it. They rustled pages for a little while. Pretty soon, two of them settled in and began reading. The other two shuffled pages back and forth and back and forth, looking confused until I asked them to share what they found. The youth who was reading from Luke shared the familiar story of Mary and Joseph and the shepherds, the one we hear every Christmas, the one told by Linus in A Charlie Brown Christmas. The one who was looking at Matthew said, hey, I found the wise men, but where are the shepherds? The one reading John said, I don't get it. This one starts with some stuff that doesn't make sense. The word was with God and the word was God. The fourth one, who had spent the most time turning pages in Mark's gospel, finally concluded, there's no Christmas in here. Each year we talk about Advent as the season of waiting and preparing, preparing ourselves for the coming of the Christ child. And we expect the Christmas story to look a certain way. As Teresa mentioned last week, we look forward to Mary and Joseph traveling to Bethlehem and the baby in the manger and the shepherds being surprised by the angels going to tell, telling them to go visit the Messiah who had been born. But Mark's gospel is different. It tells us nothing about the birth of Jesus. Mark skips all of these stories that we know and love and instead begins with the appearance of John the Baptist, telling people to prepare for the coming of the Son of God. John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer, as he's sometimes called, was an interesting character. From the early part of Luke's gospel, we know John was the child, presumably the only child, of a Jewish couple from priestly families. His father, Zechariah, was one of the high priests. His mother was related to Mary, meaning he and Jesus were cousins. He was born long after his parents thought they were too old to have children. Zechariah found out he was going to be a father when an angel visited him in the temple and announced the news. Zechariah and Elizabeth named the baby John, as the angel commanded, rather than naming him for his father, which was the tradition. As the child of a priest, John would have been raised in the Jewish faith and perhaps expected to grow up and become a priest like his father. But the John who appeared at the beginning of Mark defied all expectations based on his upbringing. Imagine, if you will, a wild-eyed, long-haired, passionate preacher and evangelist. He wore strange clothes made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate wild honey and bugs. During the Advent Bible study this week, someone described him as the first hippie. I think it might have been Miss Betty. His clothes and his diet set him apart, not as a wealthy leader of society or the son of a high priest, but as someone living in poverty, surviving off the land. He and the people who followed him lived in the wilderness of Judea. 
and he preached a fiery message, warning everyone who would listen to repent because, of the, because the Son of God was coming and soon. More than 400 years before John arrived on the scene, the prophets Isaiah and Malachi predicted the coming of the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. And suddenly there was John shouting to the crowds of Judea to prepare for the Lord's coming. The Jewish people who heard John would have paid attention to his preaching. After all, God had not spoken directly to the people through a prophet for almost 400 years, but suddenly a new prophet was among them. And John's, John's odd clothing and diet, the leather belt around his waist, would have reminded the Jews of the ancient prophet Elijah. The Jews had been waiting for the appearance of Elijah for centuries. They believed that Elijah was the one who would appear to prepare for the Lord's coming. So the Jewish people would have paid attention to what John was saying. In some ways, John was very much like Elijah and other prophets of the Old Testament. He preached about the coming kingdom of heaven, and he warned those listening that they needed to repent of their sins because the end of this age and the coming of the new age was at hand. His message wasn't a kind or gentle one. In John's language, to repent wasn't just a feeling of regretting your sins. It wasn't just being sorry for what you did or didn't do. It was an active verb that required definitive action to get right with God before God's new kingdom arrived. American theologian Frederick Buechner described John's approach to evangelism well when he said, the kingdom of God was coming all right, he said, but if you thought it was going to be a pink tea, you'd better think again. If you didn't shape up, God would give you the ax like an elm with the blight or toss you into the incinerator like chaff. Your only hope, he said, was to clean up your life as if your life depended on it, which it did, and get baptized in a hurry as a sign that you had. So John was a colorful and memorable figure, unlike anybody else these Jews had probably seen. He spent his life traveling from place to place, preaching repentance and baptism, and most likely shouting to everyone he met that God's kingdom was coming. John the Baptist liked to stir things up, to push people to new places, to change their paths to be ready for the light of the world who was coming. And it worked. People from Jerusalem and Judea listened and believed and repented. They came to John to confess their sins and be baptized in the Jordan River. John was chosen by the Holy Spirit to prepare the way for Jesus to bear witness to the light that was to come. Even before he was born, John knew that he was in the presence of the Son of God and responded with joy. And he grew up knowing who he was and what was expected of him. His parents probably told him stories about the angel appearing to his father and his father being unable to speak until after he was born and named John. He probably grew up hearing his mother's story of the angels appearing to her cousin Mary, announcing that her baby would be the chosen one. And he heard that story over and over about how he leaped with joy in his mother's womb when Mary walked into the house. John knew from childhood on that his job was to prepare the world for the coming of the light that was Jesus. 
So when he appeared from the wilderness of Judea and began preaching and baptizing, he was living out the calling given to him by the Holy Spirit. It's not a coincidence that the story of John the Baptist begins with baptism. From the time of Jesus, baptism has always been a beginning. For the people of Judea, baptism was a new beginning, a chance to repent of their sins, ask for forgiveness, and then symbolize this new reform by being baptized. Before Jesus began his ministry, he came to John to be baptized. For us, baptism is also the start of a faith journey, the moment when we choose to live our lives by following Jesus. John the Baptist prepared the way, not only for Jesus to begin his ministry, but for us to recognize the living Christ and to be open to his calling in our individual lives. Because once we know the Christ, the Messiah, the Chosen One, and begin living our lives in the ways he taught, our lives are changed forever. So why in this season of Advent candles and live nativities and candlelight Christmas Eve services and waiting for the baby in the manger, do we spend time focusing on John the Baptist? John announced the coming of Jesus and set the stage for the one more powerful than I. John is important because his arrival is the beginning. The beginning of Mark's gospel, the beginning of the public ministry of Jesus, the beginning of the true Jesus story that is the foundation of our faith. And during this season of Advent, John reminds each of us to prepare our hearts and minds once again for Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Preparing for the Messiah's birth isn't easy. Every year the pressure to get ready for Christmas seems to get a little heavier and a little more intense. When I was a child, the Christmas season didn't really start until after Thanksgiving or just before. Today, the commercial parts of Christmas arrive earlier and earlier. Christmas decorations appear in stores at the beginning of October or even before. Black Friday ads start by the 1st of November. The season is full of parties and decorating and shopping and wrapping and baking and traveling and visiting and eating and drinking and Christmas movies and expectations and family relationships and traditions and so much more. It's easy to get overwhelmed by the material parts of Christmas. And maybe that's why part, part of why John the Baptist is part of our worship on this second Sunday in Advent to remind us to consider what it really means, what it really looks like to prepare for the Christ child. John the Baptist brought with him a, a sense of urgency, but also a profound hope to the Jewish people who still were holding on to the discouragement that came from decades of exile and a bleak return to Jerusalem. These people had been waiting for centuries for God's anointed one to appear so long that they may have begun to be disheartened. And suddenly, there was John, announcing what they had hoped for but not expected at this moment. The promise that the arrival of God's Son was at hand. The one who was more powerful was among them and was coming to fulfill the ancient promises God made to God's people. This story is a beginning, the beginning of Mark's Gospel and the announcement of the beginning of Jesus' ministry in the world. But it's also a continuation of the story of God's presence with God's people 
that began when God breathed life into the first human and continues through today and beyond. God is working in the lives of God's people. We don't know when or how we will be called to do what God has planned for us. And that's perhaps the most important message from the story of John the Baptist, that Advent is about being prepared to work with God. We probably won't be called on to baptize the Son of God, as John was, but God has a calling, a plan, for each of us. Like John, we don't know everything we're preparing for, but now is the time to take small steps to prepare ourselves. Let go of something that's troubling you. Set aside some time to sit and appreciate quiet. As the days get shorter, look for light in the darkness. Pause in this season of busyness to find something specific to appreciate and give thanks for. Find a small way to bring peace and wholeness into the world, especially on this Peace Sunday by helping someone else see God's grace. And above all, as we wait expectantly for the arrival of the Christ child, a light amidst the darkness, remember that every day of this Advent season is a gift, and we are not alone, for God is with us. Amen. <laughs>